everybody, we are back with another episode of Working It Out. I am so excited to have my guest, Beth Stelling, this week. Uh, before we get started, I want to tell you an exciting thing. I added one last outdoor show tomorrow, Tuesday, in Fairfield, Connecticut. If you're anywhere near Connecticut, make the trip. Bring some lawn furniture. Bring a blanket. Treat it like a football game. It's the football of comedy. Uh, and it's socially distanced. It's safe. It's fun. It's a new hour. It's some of the jokes you'll hear on here. And other new jokes. And it's uh, doing a 5.30 and a 7.30. Fairfieldcomedyclub.com. And then, if you live anywhere else in the world... I'm doing three virtual shows on October 22, 23, 24. Um, you can get tickets now at burbigs.com. And it's those that last one was so fun. I'm actually doing all new material on this one. So even if you saw the last one, this one's going to be entirely different. I don't know how that's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Um, and now uh, one of my favorite comedians joins me this week. I've toured with her quite a bit. She has a Netflix special. She has a brand new HBO Max special that I highly recommend called Girl Daddy. Without further ado, Beth Stelling. So, uh, this is, uh, first of all, this is just like a great excuse for us to talk for an hour during the during this time. <laughs> and not uh, have to see each other. Yeah, not see each other. Yeah, I yeah. mean, honestly, it's <laughs> such a relief. I mean, I love your face and everything, but <laughs> I am very puffy. I'm And I'm wearing monkey pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> not even kidding. I'm wearing monkey pajamas because you know why? If you ever have children, it's a it's a good easy laugh. Yes. Is you it's the sight gag. I I I wake up, I walk around the house, I'm wearing monkey pajamas, <laughs> Una's 5, she thinks it's a riot. <laughs> Your wife has never been less turned on. <laughs> Don't and... say that, Beth. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, Jim. <laughs> uh, my my first thought was and she's 5, so I guess it would have still come from Jen, but like was uh, when you're a dad and you have monkey pajamas, like that's your gift for the next 13 years. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like you're gonna have sure. monkey pajamas for the rest of your life. You uh, but you you're you and I have toured uh quite a bit together. Yeah, I've, I've loved that so much. It's I, so fun. Such a gift. I re it really is. I I mean, to you and to Sarah, I do owe a lot. Um, because it's Sarah just, Silverman for the for the for the listeners who don't know, yeah, that Sarah is the Sarah Silverman is the Sarah of comedy. Yes, exactly. And I'd like to be the Mike of comedy, but there's a lot of mics out there. <laughs> You're the only mic to me, besides the actual <laughs> microphone. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> wait, I have a question. Was it in Madison when we did a show uh, that there was a baby in the audience? Yeah, uh, was it Madison? I think it was Madison. Yeah. Yes. There was a baby in the audience and I sort of called it out. And then like, I was like, hey, maybe like a baby isn't the best person <laughs> to be here. <laughs> yeah, and you then, handled it well. <laughs> but then like that person like went after me on social media the next day and they're like, they're like, who are you to say a baby shouldn't be? And I'm like... I think I. Uh, I think I'm the I number think... one person to actually say that. <laughs> I'm the main person. Yeah, 
It's my, see, this reminds, it's just, it is a tumultuous time in that people have had access to us like no other time before. And this sounds very elitist because like, obviously it's like, we want to receive the good. So our window is open and by window, I mean yeah. social media. But sure. but if you close that window, you, you're you missing the good too. So like we- you're not- you're not only missing the good, but like in some ways you're missing what's happening. Yeah. So that's like, it's odd. It, but, but but then it, it exposes you to like, I'm not saying you're traumatized by that, but you should have never really had to hear that. <laughs> it's like, it reminds me of two things. One being like one time I think I tweeted, um, I, I was getting driven home from, and I'm not even like a bar person. So the fact that I was out at a bar was crazy. Probably had a drink and I was... Uh, getting an Uber home and the Uber was falling asleep on Los Feliz Boulevard as they were driving me. And I'm the person who for years wasn't able to say anything. Like for years I would have been like, okay, well, this is how I die. And now I would say, excuse me, or hello. Like it took so much for me to be able like, hey, are you okay? Like just to say something. So anyway, I ended up tweeting like, Along, I can't remember it, but along the lines of like, always fun to take an Uber home um, that's falling asleep uh, to kill you how you would have killed yourself <laughs> oh had God. you just driven drunk. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, my God. And, and of course, people came for me like, you know how underpaid they are? And oh, my God. So tired. No. And I'm just like, ugh. So that's what it reminds me of where it's like, dear God, I mean— I'm doing the best I can, but it, it, it bleeds into stand-up too. Like, I'm here to—I want to add and help. I'm not sure. here to hurt. My stand up yeah. is not here to hurt. So so when in some ways it's good to be able to be to learn and be called out like that. And then in other ways it can feel very hindering, like a hindrance. Um It's it's yeah. so yeah, it's so confusing mm-hmm. th- that that whole thing is is how much feedback is is too much feedback and just <laughs> yeah. and, and, well cuz we're ba- we're pretending our job is a dialogue and it's a 100% a monologue baby <laughs> like, right right i mean it, people are there to see your perspective like i remember the greatest compliment i got one time after meltdown which was one of my favorite places to perform in la oh yeah and um a woman came up to me afterwards and said you know i just Anything. I just want to hear what you have to say about everything. You know, like meaning, oh, like oh, I love that. Yeah, yes, it yes, was that's so everything. Sweet. Yes, and so that was just like one of the highest compliments I've ever been given because you're just like, thank you. <laughs> it's just like wanted to hear your side of it, and that's what stand up is. It's it's your perspective. So if someone, you know. I've been dealing with this lately. Like I've been thankful and I'm so glad this my special has been reviewed well and people are receiving it well. It's interesting because like I think one guy was like commenting on the heterosexuality of it. And I'm like, yeah, because that's what I am doing. <laughs> right. Like you th- how dare I get up and speak of a lesbian experience that's not my own. So I always th- I always think that I, I got that note on on the new one where where someone said like it's only a hetero experience of being a parent and it's like right, right. what if it weren't <laughs> what if I was literally like so were I to be exactly a, a, a you know in a partnership with a man this is what it would be you'd be like what the is this guy talking about exactly and people would criticize you for that so it can be frustrating because look i don't want to be the person i don't want to you know be grow slowly obsolete because i'm not willing to take criticism that's not it but um you know uh economy of words is is an actual like 
cornerstone of comedy, in my opinion. So why would I be going off on tangents about what it may be if I were X, Y, or Z? I agree. And by the way, Growing Slowly Obsolete is a great album title if you need one. (laughs) Thank you. You and I have talked about this a handful of times, and it's like over the years you've had like crazy internet stuff with it, but you, your ex was abusive and you talked about it and then it was, and then it was like weirdly like on like, I want to say TMZ or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, do you feel like you and I've talked about this over the years, like, uh, like potentially like, would you do a show about just that? Right. You and I have, and you've always been supportive and listened and never pushed and, you know, just heard me out on it. And so much of me just, wanted to not bring that back into my life, you know? Yeah, of course, of course. And so, like, because I was scared in the first place that that would be my only thing. And then as you go through it and experience it, you're like, well, no wonder people don't come forward uh, because then they make it your only thing. Of course. (laughs) So it just deters people from wanting to come forward. I think I'm better right now, but I've had so many bad interviews with it and, and largely from women, some really horrific things that just... You know, things like, I'm just trying to promote a show in Chicago a couple years ago. I'm asked truly in such a harsh way that's like, it's been five years since you were raped, so what's life been like since? And me going, oh my gosh. What? And then I just totally went blank. And she goes, I'm just asking about your very public post. And that's just like one of many I had like that. And it's like, for me, I'm better about not getting emotional or upset when asked about it, a past abusive relationship. I think it's come down to the fact that I have to say, yes, it happened. I worked through it. I've moved on. And I had to let go of the desire to explain myself. Because I I lived through that and I was able to channel that experience, like the hurt, the anger, fear, confusion, frustration, and put it all into my work to complete some of the jokes in this last special so that others might have the same release as I have. But I think it's, it's like, it is hard because it's, it's just such a long conversation and without getting into the minutia of it and feeling like I have to explain myself in some way when for me it was like, uh, the desire to protect some other people in my community who would need to know some Mm -hmm. of the other women because I found out I was not the only one. Sure, sure. And then it kind of just ran away from me. You know, like you said, it was put everywhere. I didn't, I didn't agree yeah. to any of that. But it, again, I was public about it. Yeah. And it was really more to say, as you guys know, I talk about my life on stage. This is what's going on. It's kind of like, it was kind of yeah. like, here's a newsletter instead of me having to tell each one of my friends and acquaintances in comedy before I talk about it on stage. It was yeah. like a little newsletter, but then woo, that it got passed to the, to a lot more people than just my friends. So so many yeah. opinions, so many feelings on it. I think that just goes back to the scariness of putting yourself out there again. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm a procrastinator, and then I get it done, and I and I do it, and and even when I think I'm not doing it, you know, it's the rocks getting washed over in my brain and turned into a marble. So it's happening, even if I'm not pen to paper. But before you and I got on, like you and I had conversations before as I was working on this hour about a lot of these harder topics. And and, and to me, I'm going, okay, so what's left? Because everything that was scratched from my album was deemed filler, you know, like not not enough to be put in. 
But I'm also like the queen of tags. So like, I'll just keep tinkering forever. <laughs> I'm watching my own yeah. special going, why didn't I go there? <laughs> you oh my know, God, like, I have the same thing. I have yeah. the same thing. Yeah, so of course. as before our conversation here, because I know like, you know, I was just getting back into that mindset and you've been there for me and let me riff with you even when we're not doing a podcast. And I have pages and pages on this yeah. topic. So yeah. it's like, you're not wrong in that perhaps I could go into it. I, it, but they're dark. They're d- dark jokes take practice. And where am I going to practice? The thing I admire so much about your work generally is like, is that you, I feel like you're a natural storyteller. Like when you, the, your way, who do you think you got that from? Is it from someone in your family or a friend? Like, what, like hmm. where's that gift from? You know, Two things. One is so interesting. I feel like I'm fascinated with stand-up. And I, I, I'm I'm so impressed with you because you keep putting out hours. And I'm like, what the hell? You know, <laughs> like, how do you do this? And it's because you work hard and you get up and you just do it. And you've, you know, lived life as well. But sometimes I, I feel like— I take the and I drink the coffee. <laughs> yeah, I need to start doing that. <laughs> but I think— <laughs> I, I give myself anesthesia before I go to bed. I, and then I give myself the opposite of anesthesia in the morning. <laughs> uh, just send me a few. Uh, <laughs> I sometimes feel like I abandon memories that don't have a beginning, min- and beginning middle, and end. Because I get that. You know what yeah. I mean? And so I don't know where my structure came from because I don't I just don't know about Well, the it's funny because the, in some ways that relates to the slow round of the show, which is like memories, you know, it's yeah. all these prompts at memories. And like lately I've been doing the slow round myself and then going back to my answers like a week later and being like, How could this end? How could there be an ending on this kind of thing? Right. And like, and so I feel like in terms of the stuff you're saying of like sometimes things don't have an end. It's like I feel like sometimes things don't have an end for like a couple of years. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like and then and then you see it and it's like zoom out and you're like, oh that's the ending. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that that was certainly the case with like, you know, like having a child, you know, the new one is like that. But it's like, you know, until I had had a child, the the events about, you know, my experience of going through the pregnancy with Jen were just sort of decontextualized jokes about a sort of a story that had no ending. Right. And you just had, there's no, like, that's the fascinating thing about people coming to see us. When are you seeing us? Because you, that's right. You, um, you know, beginning of the new one, we're in Irvine. I'm opening. You let me, instead of do 20 minutes, you let me do half hour because I was about to record my half hour with Netflix. Oh yeah. And then you go up and you have your pad and it's called working it out. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Oh my and God. Remember that this guy is... heckled you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. He goes, Why are you reading? <laughs> You're like, Why aren't you reading your ticket? Oh my God. I was so rattled by that. I forgot about that until just now. Like, okay, but that's, you that's handled actually... it not oh, rattled. That's nice of you to say. I mean, it's funny when people say that to you, when your friends tell you that like you weren't rattled and like you're like, Oh, I was right. like, I was like, I, that is so imprinted in me. It's actually, that's one of the, uh, that's one of the prompts in the slow round. So I'll ask you, which is, do you have a memory on a loop? That's for me, that's totally one in my life. Wow. It's like this guy being like, why are you reading? Like, while I'm like reading like a new story I had written, like, right. I, and I literally said to the guy, I go, cause I wrote it today. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. I've been in that position. I know exactly where I was. I was in Kirkland at Laughs. I just filmed my Comedy Central half hour. So then I'm, um, I was also he- relying heavy on a set list to try to build a new, yeah, build a new freaking <laughs> half, a new hour. half hour. Yeah. And yeah. a guy yells out to me and it shook me. I didn't have much to say. It just terrified me. And it actually, a guy in the crowd stood up and he goes, a lot of comedians do this and read their notes. Leave her alone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I needed him to do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's the hero. Of yeah, the story. he was 100 wherever you are, sir, in the Kirkland, Washington area. <laughs> they bless do you. this. <laughs> yeah, he I just like that. came to my defense. They it do was... this. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to do that a week before I'm filming my special, but it depends on when you catch me, bro. I'm going to step away from my conversation with Beth Stelling to send a shout out to our sponsor, Each and Every. Each and Every is a gender-inclusive deodorant formulated for sensitive skin like mine. I do have a sensitive skin, actually, and it's a very popular deodorant around the house here because uh, it's it's organic. It's got plant-based packaging, which, which I appreciate. Uh, Jen likes it. I like it. You can visit eachandevery.com slash burbigs and use promo code burbigs to get 30% off your first purchase. Eachandevery.com slash burbigs. And now back to the show. Is there anything else like that? I know you grew up in, in Dayton, Ohio, right? Yeah, I guess I have some memories that, again, no beginning, middle, and end. It would be me, sad. Coming home from school, and I don't know the age, I'm going to guess anywhere between second and fourth grade, walking home and going to like, it's like almost like I was going through the motions of what I think a depressed person would do. Okay, yes. I remember walking home sad with my backpack, going to the side of the house where there's the hose, filling up my watering can and just tending to my snapdragons on the side of my mom's house, our house. Like, so sad. I don't have any friends but these snapdragons. Oh, my gosh. It's like, I, that is definitely something I think about a lot. Because I remember having this awareness of, like, being bummed. And maybe these are activities sad people do. Did you have bullies at school? Like, what was your, was the depression based on social stuff? No, it was family. You know, I, I had a lot of, I had some intense childhood trauma. And for a while we were living with our grandparents and then our our grandparents came and lived with us at our house so we could stay in school. And I remember like, you know, I have these early memories of like my grandma doing my hair too tight. I hated how she brushed my hair. You know, like yeah. these pleasantries of having your mother close that and a routine. So I grew very reliant on myself. I mean, I was making my lunch from kindergarten on myself, you know? And um, I, I, I've i been told this. I don't necessarily remember it, but I remember my grandma apparently walked me up to school and this would have been kindergarten and um, left. And then she got a call, where, where is Beth not coming to school today? And she said, <laughs> I dropped her off and they went outside and they found me on the front stairs sitting there alone. And oh they said, gosh. Beth, what, you know, what's going on here? And I said, I just 
needed a little time to myself. Oh. And I think it's similarly how I felt with the Snapdragons. I think I was just needing probably a little extra attention or whatever that may be um, without my mom, not having my mom there for a bit. Um, yeah. But I don't, I didn't have bullies. I had good friends growing up. If anything, like I, th- if I have to recall anything feeling, you know, I guess like made fun of or anything, it would have just been for not having tits in junior high. <laughs> you know, because I was a gymnast for so that long. That was a, oh, interesting. Because that, yeah, that, I remember. I, I'm not a girl, and I remember that. I, mean, <laughs> getting, I literally... You got no, made yeah, exactly. fun of four tits, and I got made yeah, fun yeah, of yeah. for pecs. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I remember, like, that was a whole damn thing in yeah. middle school. was, like, as everyone's developing and they're in puberty, like, everyone's changing. And it's, like, the rates of change affect, like, who gets made fun of for what thing. And it's, like... Oh my God, it's still, it makes me cringe so badly. Yeah, it's just a perfect introduction for uh, growing into a woman. You know, like <laughs> fifth grade, some girl gets her period and pops huge tits, and everybody's like, you're a monster. <laughs> oh my God. And then me, I don't have tits until sophomore year, and I don't get my period until like, you know, then either. And people are like, you're flat. It's like, oh my there's gosh. no, I mean, there is a middle ground. Her name is, um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Beth, I used real names. You must use real names. <laughs> that was the whole thing. Is they get they the 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 flat insult yeah. was ubiquitous when I was a child. I don't know if that's still a thing, but like it was when I, I mean people just say that all the time when I was You're in middle flat. school. You're flat. Yeah, I yeah. mean it haunts me. Obviously, I, I I attach it to a guy who I'm now still in touch with and friends with because he was one of my earliest little boyfriends. But Donald. I think it's like he asked me out and I said no. And he's like, well, you're flat anyway. It's like oh that gosh, lesson you no. learn of like, if you say no, you shall be punished. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not blank. <laughs> I mean, it, that's dark. But I think it's just, I I don't know where they learned it. Who started it? When I, I don't know who started it, but I will say like, I'm I'm flashing back to it in my head. I'm, I'm imagining being someone who's insulted by like, you're flat. And I feel like here's the perfect answer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess I am. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like another, another response would be like, uh, any other notes? Yeah. (laughs) I like that. Any more fee, any more feedback? I got one. uh, I got one. Oh, you wouldn't know what to do with them if I had them. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. Yeah, they probably would, but, um, (laughs) middle school, this is, we should do a whole podcast, Beth, called middle school comebacks. (laughs) Honestly, yes. Yes. Yes, we should. We need to like write a ton of them for these people. It's actually not the worst idea. I like it. It's like one hour of middle school comebacks. And we go we go through from our memories all of the meanest insults that we heard people say. And then we come back with like majorly good comebacks. And provide them to the youth. Yes. I'm down. Insults came from my dad though, so... <laughs> Just send it right to. No, I'm just kidding. That's He's really the one who did, did give me a hard time about. He always would call out like, "It looks like you gained some weight, or you got a lot of no. acne." Yeah, he said no. one time because I would. I, you know, I can't take it. Yeah, he said you look like a little boy going through puberty when I had like really bad acne, and I think I was like 22 and I sobbed. Oh <laughs> and then of course later I wrote God. a joke that was like, "Oh, I eat because you left us." <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, and I haven't washed my face in sun either. I'll run a couple bits by you and you can run some by me. There's a short one. Okay. Which is when I was when I was like 10, I went to St. John's sports camp in the summer. And when it was hot dog day, we would we'd get a bunch of extra hot dogs and we'd throw them 30 feet in the air and yell, <laughs> flying weenies. <laughs> and I and, and I think that's just America in a nutshell. We're all just <laughs> flying weenies. <laughs> that's a, by the way, that's an example of like that was like a slow round answer that I had that was like an on the loop. And I was like, what's the punchline? Like all I had was flying weenies, the on the loop of throwing them up, flying weenies. And I was like, well, the America thing's sort of fun. <laughs> I love that. Hot dog. Yeah. That is oh my gosh. so funny. And I have one other thing, which is um, I had cancer, which, you know, so I have a I have a pre-existing condition, but I feel like we throw around the term pre-existing a little too freely. Like the word itself is an existential conundrum. Like we don't know when the cancer formed. Could have been years ago or yesterday. So when I go to the doctor... And the woman at the desk is like, do you have any pre-existing conditions? I want to be like, my whole life is a pre-existing condition. <laughs> is, this, is this a pre-existing conversation? Is this a pre-existing <laughs> pen? Can I pay with pre-existing money? I, it's all I have. I mean, I actually have a lot of pre-existing jokes about pre-existing conditions. And those are jokes that existed before right now. And and pre-existing, <laughs> pre-existing conditions are sort of like a chicken versus egg type of thing because all conditions are pre-existing until you know about them and then they're just existing. And I, and I feel like when they ask me, <laughs> when they ask me about pre-existing conditions, maybe I should just go big. Like Aristotle believed in a comprehensive theory of being according to which only individual things fully have to be, but other things, such as quantity, time, and space, have a derivative kind of being. So I have a pre-existing condition, but maybe we all do. And they're like, sir, please exit the office. (laughs) Through the door marked existential crisis. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. Let me write that down. (laughs) Through the door marked existential crisis is such a good line. Thank you. Of course. The, actually, the ending line I have is, in some ways, it's hopeful to have a pre-existing condition because a post-existing condition is death. <laughs> this is sort of fun. But, like, I, a lot of this stuff, this, this is sort of what I'm cracking into in the, the new show, which is called tentatively called YMCA Pool, which is all about <laughs> death, and it's, like, it's all about... It's, uh, I'm glad you're laughing. I'm so glad... <laughs> This is, as you know, because we're comedians, we don't get a lot of feedback in our life. Like, us talking about this is, like, some of the only feedback I have on any of this. Let me know. Trusted feedback. (laughs) Trusted feedback. Yeah, exactly. Do do you have anything new that you want to bounce off me? Hmm. I, okay, so I have some jokes about my dad and my stepmom in this hour. And they called to say they liked it, blah, blah, blah. And there's a joke in there about, I guess I'll just tell it because it's short, which is, I always felt like my dad chose my stepmom over me and my sisters. And, like, I get it. You know, she gave him head and all we had were questions. Oh so God. then my dad FaceTimes me to say, we liked it. You know, you're very smart, blah, blah, blah. And 
<laughs> so those are the things he said. <laughs> and I was like, thanks. Funny would be good, but okay. So then he said, he's saying those things. She pops in and says, I don't even mind that you said that I give your dad head. And I said, Oh my I, gosh. <laughs> and I said, Oh I my gosh. I said, I didn't think you would. And then um, later, now this is an older joke I'm trying to bring, bring By the back. way, I love that you're even having this conversation with your mom. <laughs> You know how inconceivable it is, the idea of me having this conversa- a conversation like that with my parents? <laughs> like, I, hey, Beth, I don't mind that you said that I gave your father a head. Like, what? Like, get me out of this conversation. <laughs> well, that was my stepmom. So oh, your stepmom, yeah. Although my mom and I, you know, we can, we've grown to be very candid. But so, okay, so there's this. And then the old joke is I had... I say I blame her that I had a sex dream about my dad. Now, I woke up and I felt relief because it wasn't real. And I got to fuck my dad. Oh, my okay. God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That one's listed on the set list as the reverse Trump. So oh there's that. Oh, my God. The reverse Trump is the best <laughs> title. <laughs> but the truth is no one likes to talk about that. And it hasn't happened in a while. And I think there's some psychology around it for sure. Um, but, and, and by the way, I love how I'm defending even this strange joke and sex joke about my dad, but it's not like I had a graphic porno dream, but it was insinuated that I would be sleeping with my dad. So like, and I know I'm not the only one (laughs) who's had that dream. I need, so basically I think it's fodder. I think I can delve into it. I feel like you could have some tags in it that are like, like, I don't know. He was gentle. (laughs) You know, fatherly. Very cute, very caregiving. I know. There's also like, um, you know, there's maybe something in the universe of like, I'm not saying I have daddy issues, but I did fuck my dad in my dream once. And uh, (laughs) ever since then, we've had issues. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, gosh. All of it's so perverse and weird, but it's also like, but it's also real. It's really funny. And like, I think it's great. Yeah, I think I think, it's you, tough I think you should to, run with that for okay. sure. Yeah. I realize it can be uncomfortable. Like, you know how it is? Like, sometimes I don't like watching comics when I see like, okay, we get it. You're trying to be edgy. But like No, I know. That's not know. my MO. I No, 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 no. I you're just, never that's the, what's one of my favorite things about your comedies. You're never pushing. You're literally just telling stories from your life. Yeah. I just this is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I had this dream. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, fortunately, I wasn't sleepwalking. <laughs> <laughs> Does he know about that? Like, that's sort of an interesting thing, too. Oh, the minute I run it by him, we'll have another two minutes to add. Oh, of course. Are you kidding me? You'll have 10. <laughs> Family relationships are so intense, and the, the, the reason why they're such great fodder for comedy for the rest of time is, like, your dad, and I'm only, I'm not trashing your dad. I'm literally Go going by what you've said about him in your specials. Yeah. Your dad, by by your account, is like kind of terrible and like left your family and like did a lot of like sort of like horrible things. And then like, and yet <laughs> you're still having sex with him in your dream. <laughs> you're like such a good point. And leads directly into things like I was speaking about before the show I'm building, which is like why I choose who I choose. 
Like, one, if you think about it, my parents divorced, and then I was court-ordered to go see him, meaning we had no choice. Like, my mom lost. So that almost bleeds into how I have had relationships. Yeah. I just, it basically is people come to me. I've never, like, maybe once with Nick, um, the guy tattooed on my back, but- I think mostly, mostly it's guys come to me and I and they're like, I love you. I'm like, I must too. It's oh like gosh. this intense intensity uh, of, of love that I've received. I must too is such a painful line. Yeah. I mean, one another tag uh, that's occurring to me as as we're talking about this is like, you know, my dad and I had sex in the dream, and and uh, the good news is I didn't have to have sex with my dad, and and then and then you could be like. And he wasn't even a good dad. Like, if he was a good dad, would we have had an orgy with my sister? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, it's sort of terrible. Like, all my, all my, like, tags are, like, gutter tags. They're, well, like, the, the, hack, the hackiest, where... crazy uh, digressions. But when you're in this territory, right, you have to be able to, like, say wild shit. And have yes. either not work or work. Yes. And right now we're being recorded, so there's that little bit of level of judgment even on yourself. Because I can think of Always. all kinds of stuff to say Always. right now where I'm of like, course. ugh. No, I held myself <laughs> like, back a moment exactly, ago from saying something I mean? that was even darker right, than that. Right, exactly. Yes, like yes, if you had yes, been yes. a good dad, maybe I would have come. So it's like awful. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I can think of awful things, but it's meant to play. I mean, it goes – it's just like you have to have like – By the way, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's a really good tag. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do you have one? Do you have more? I feel like I took two turns. No, no, no. Um, I have a, uh, yeah, I have one, which is, uh, I got a new computer because I filled up my old computer uh, and the capacity on that one was 250 gigabytes. And (laughs) apparently I went over that. I have so many gigabytes, and I don't know what gigabytes are, but my computer reached a point where it was like having a nervous breakdown, like an intern. It was like, I'm not comfortable <laughs> doing anything anymore. Michael Berbiglia, no space between Michael or Berbiglia. And, uh, and so I go, and so I'm like, well, how many gigabytes do, you, do we have left? And, uh, and he's like, we have five gigabytes. Michael Berbiglia, I just don't want to do this. <laughs> And I'm like, I don't know. Let's, let's give it a shot, you know? And he's like, Michael Berbiglia, I don't like this. And I'm like, look, MacBook Air, like, I don't like to bring this up, but you're not as light as you think you are. And he's like, that is body shaming. <laughs> and I'm like, laptops made after 2010 are so sensitive. Uh, they're in complete denial of reality. And then, and then uh, the intern just shut down. And from that point on, he only spoke Chinese. And then I was like, uh, this is a little passive aggressive. You know I don't speak Chinese. And he was like, I also speak Dutch and German. But he said it in Chinese, so still passive aggressive. And uh, <laughs> and then so I order a new computer and on my phone. And then it, and then uh, and this one's called a MacBook. It's sort of a long bit, but it's called I a like MacBook it. Pro. Thanks. It's called a MacBook Pro uh, because I have been certified as a professional in the field of technology. I'm a MacBook professional. So I get the MacBook Pro, <laughs> which has eight terabytes of memory. The derivation of Terra is, of course, of the Earth. So it is memory of the Earth. So I pull out <laughs> my 
intern laptop and I stuff it in the professional earth laptop. And the intern is like, don't put me in there. And I'm like, now you speak English? It's too late for you. And then I start uh, working on my professional earth machine. And it's asking me, uh, it, it, you know, we, we hit a difficult question. It's like, uh, hey, by the way, uh, are you Michael Birbiglia or Mike Birbiglia? And I'm like, uh, I think both. And it's like, all right. Well, then what's the password for Mike Birbiglia? And I'm like, Cheetos123? And it's like, no, it's not Cheetos123. And I'm like, Cheetos1234? And it's like, no, it's not Cheetos1234. And at this point, I'm crying, and a single <laughs> tear rolls down my cheek as I whisper, Cheetos12345? <laughs> and then the, the computer says, you have no more tries. You are locked out of Mike Birbiglia. And I'm like, but I am Mike Birbiglia. And it's like, but are you Mike Birbiglia? And I'm like, I used to think I was. And then uh, my intern is like, psst, I know your password. And I'm just like, fuck my life. And then the intern is like, you, Michael Birbiglia, you don't have to use me anymore, but maybe just keep me around like for your kid being on Netflix and stuff. And so now... We have the intern, and we have the professional, and we all live together, and we speak Chinese. <laughs> and that's, that's like a new run that I'm trying to tinker with. I like that. It's something to <sighs> do, too, with like, you know when you are running out of space, the pop-up keeps coming up telling you oh my you're gosh. running out of space? Yes. Oh, my gosh. You just, all I do is ignore. It's the same way I sign important contracts. I'm like, just oh get gosh. it out of my face. Yeah, yeah, terms and conditions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. So you probably, uh, when you pressed it one time, you probably agreed that you would start learning Chinese, but you weren't paying attention. Oh, my God, that's so true. That's funny if maybe the intern is like, but you agreed to learn Chinese. I'm like, <laughs> I never, I forgot about that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That is that's actually a really funny dynamic is like is like what you're saying but personified in these characters of like maybe the pro or maybe the intern is like you agreed to this like I don't remember agreeing to it you're like I don't know what I agreed to <laughs> totally totally I don't know what I agreed to in that like I was thinking about like how does this relate to the my YMCA pool show that I referenced earlier that I'm I'm writing it's all about like life and death and I'm trying to think about like I think the reason I'm writing all this like technology stuff is that we will all be outlived by our uh, technology. Yeah. I mean, you know, and this has made me think of this, which is, again, dark, but true to life. I lost a friend to suicide in December. And oh my gosh, I'm the so way sorry. that they let me know was an email. <sighs> and the way they left everything behind was Google Drive and their computer and they wiped their phone. And it's just saying, like, I guess what I'm saying is they do live on through allowances made to us through technology, like Spotify playlists he left us. Um, right. And oh my gosh. Google yes. Drive, the photos, documents, screenshots, things that meant things to him. So it's like, that's, it wasn't just some sort of like letter, which we would have gotten in the past. It was an email. And then 
a whole hard drive of memories and thoughts and feelings. So wow. it is, I'm not necessarily being helpful to you in your bit right now. I'm just saying. No, no, it's extremely helpful. I guess what I'm saying is like, we're faced with this stuff that we never would have been have to face with. And yet it's only what you control to be seen. So he wiped away everything he wouldn't want us to see. Yeah. And well, it's like, I think what, what your memory of your friend makes, brings to mind this idea that we're almost inadvertently living in like a digital cemetery. Yeah. And controlling, it, and, and it's a balancing act between controlling what people see and not see all the time. Like, yeah. like even, you, you know, we, we, comics always give each other a hard time. Like this person's losing their mind this week. Yes, yes, that's the thing. And we can see it because it's online, and then that's kind of forever, but then also yes. not forever. It's like you can control what people are seeing of you, but you might not always be in the right mindset to be the one at the controls. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Like I always find that with like Spotify or something like that. It'll be like, I'll be like listening to something, you know, I'll be listening to like Taylor Swift album or something like that, and and someone online will be like, "So you're listening to the Taylor Swift? Like, what the fuck? Exactly. How is this public? Is this? You know what I mean? Like, yes. What on earth? How do you know? Like, that? there's so many like weird settings. What things did that, I like, agree to? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna step away from my conversation with Beth Stelling to send a shout out to our sponsor, Helix Mattress. I love Helix Mattress. I can't say enough about it. I mean, I could go into the details. You take a sleep quiz. You get the mattress that's customized for you. But I don't, I feel like I don't want to get into that. I just want to say it's the most comfortable mattress I've ever had. That's it. That's the winner. That's all. That's all I can say. If I had this mattress in my 20s, I might not have jumped through a second story window in my sleep. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's as big of a testimony as I could possibly give. Go to helixsleep.com slash Burbigs. Take the two-minute sleep quiz. They're offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Burbigs. And now back to the show. Now I have to make a choice because like what I put in my hour is out and I chose that stuff to represent those topics, but I have so much on those areas. Yeah. So it's like, do I cut and run and go in a different direction? I know you mean. I know yeah, you mean. because I have this old joke that's like, <sighs> I feel like the, the what I went with was... Um, there's not a woman in here who doesn't love orgasming. It's the sex that's the problem. <laughs> and I feel like dudes, it's like, to me, it's like going on a trip to Maui. Uh, like, sex is great. We love sex. So if a guy's like, do you want to go to Maui? And you're like, oh, my God, yes, of course I want to go to Maui. And he, like, leads you out into the front yard, and he's like, well, climb in this rocket. And you're like, oh, my gosh. what? <laughs> Can we not, like, I don't want to take a rocket to Maui. Like, I want to pack, and, like, I have a cute outfits to plan, and I just want to, like, you know, maybe tan a bit to get a base layer before we go. And he's like, get in the rocket. It's the rocket oh or nothing. Gosh. And you're like, okay, well, you can go alone. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm going to find someone with a car. Something that like that. That is so funny. I, it's really similar, but not not too similar uh, to a joke I wrote recently, which is, like, a lot of my stuff is overheards. Like, I overheard this guy say to his girlfriend, like, I'd love to take you to Cabo. 
But what he really meant was, I'd love to have sex with you somewhere else. (laughs) So you can focus on something other than my rhythm that's the same every single time. (laughs) But I I love yours. I think the rocket ship is really, really funny. Okay, cool. Something like that. We like to prepare a little. Set the mood. Be ready. I mean, that's me. I don't want to speak for all women, and I'm not saying. But it's just like I'm not one for like a quickie standing up. Like that does nothing for me. Right. (laughs) I need – and I also don't need candles in a poem. Just, That's very funny. Just some time. Maybe it's like, maybe you explore the rocket ship. Because the opening line is so funny. It's like getting this rocket ship. And you, what's your response? You go like, why? Kind of thing. Maybe something like, uh, yeah, wait, I forget what I said. But something like, can we not, I mean, I'd like to just pack something. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't have anything packed. I need, okay, is there a night where I need to it bring might, a dress? Or? <laughs> that's That's funny. And there's also like, Get into this rocket ship, and you're like, um, I thought we were gonna take an airplane. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just like the basics of like a vacation, like car to airplane. I thought we were gonna do sort of like a car to airplane. Like, why are we? And like, <laughs> and like, I'm trying to think. Of, like, I don't even know what the metaphor even means, but it's like, and then you like try to get into the rocket ship, and you're like, um, I'm not sure this is a rocket ship. <laughs> like. Like, it's got a bunch of, like, your socks and, like, a dumbbell in it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't even know what that metaphor fully means, but it's basically just, like, that it's, like, not a great situation. I love that. (laughs) I didn't know you had such a... I didn't know rocket ships this small could fly. (laughs) and he's like no it'll fly it'll fly (laughs) just give me a second to fire it up promise me you're coming (laughs) he's like I could use a little help and you're like I don't know what you're doing (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you have uh, this is uh, working it out for a cause do you have a, a nonprofit that you'd like to shine a light on that will contribute to at the show? Yes, I love working with and have in the past worked with the YWCA of Dayton in my hometown. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, we will. Uh, is that an organization that you do you know the people who run the organization? Yeah. Since you're from Dayton? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, awesome. I have like. I did a fundraiser with them last, I guess it was last October. My family got to come, and it was basically, yeah, the Voices Against Violence fundraiser. But I love, awesome. yeah, obviously I love what they do. And um, it's, it's, a, it's um, they provide housing, of course, for women leaving abusive relationships. That's a, that's a, that's a great one. Yeah, and they're, they work on, yeah, eliminating racism, empowering women. That's awesome. And I love, you know, I love your hometown, Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. It's a great town. It's where my sister Gina went to college. UD Flyer. Yeah. Um, It's always so fun to talk to you. Thanks for being on Working Out. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. I appreciate you. Oh, you too. Working it out, because it's not done. Working it out, because there's no one. That's another episode of Working It Out with Beth Stelling. 
follow Beth Stelling wherever you follow people. She is so damn funny and just gets better and better. I just think uh, one of the one of the best working out there. Thanks for tuning in. Our producers are myself, along with Peter Salamone and Joseph Berbiglia. Consulting producer Seth Barish. Sound mix by Kate Belinsky with help from J. Ann Wang. Assistant editor Mabel Lewis. Thanks to my consigliere, Mike Berkowitz, as well as Marissa Hurwitz. Special thanks to Jack Antonoff for his music. As always, a special thanks to my wife, the poet J. Hope Stein. Our book, The New One, is at your local bookstore, Curbside, and also... I just signed a whole bunch of signed copies for Burbigs.com, where you can get a lot of old uh, vintage tour posters and things like that from the olden days. As always, a special thanks to my daughter, Una, who created my radio fort with pillows. Thanks to everyone who listened. Most of all, tell your friends, tell your enemies. We are working it out. (laughs) 